podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Nina Kowser Show. Oh, late kickoffs, don't like them. They're an inconvenience, and you know what? That is five losses in a row at Anfield now for Liverpool. This time round, we fell with victims to Chelsea. Oh my god, oh, so frustrating. But at the same time, I'm so numb. It's a really, really strange feeling, but it's not about me, it's about my. My panel, who are gonna, who are gonna have to make me feel good about this one because I have just become so numb. It's unreal. And joining me on this podcast, I'll introduce my guests. First up, I am delighted to be joined by Dave Horrocks. Dave, welcome back. Hey there, Nina. Thanks for having me on again. again it's great. It's great loss. to have you on. You know what? We might be best friends after this because I think we've kind of helped each other through some really, really hard times. This is worse than lockdown, isn't it? But I just want to say thank you to everyone who's dialing in as well, because times like now are really hard. And, um, you know, uh, for me personally, these shows are like therapy, especially these last couple of months. So it's good stuff. Let's let's break it down and try not to jump out the window. Absolutely. And joining Dave, I am delighted to have on um, Harinder Singh, also known as Baji. Welcome to the show. Mm. I know, I know, and I know how much you hate losing to them as well. You, uh, that just, you just, yeah, perfect Chewbacca sound there. It's awful, it's isn't it? You could say is a fucking shit, to be honest, especially when you lose to compose anorexic lookalike. He looks, I don't know if you guys have seen Charlie's Angels with uh, Demi Moore, um, uh, sorry, not Demi Moore, yeah, so she's in the second one, Drew Barrymore and, and you know, Cameron Diaz and Lucy Liu, creepy thin man, that's what I call him. <laughs> yeah, I, I've said it but years ago, I, I'll, I'll have to look it up. Yeah, just creepy thin man, that's what I like to call him. He, I mean, like, yeah, um, you know, what? I'm not calling anyone out for their weight because that's not nice. But then again, we do take the mick out of Sam Allardyce for being, um, you know, obese and, and John Moss as well. So, you know what? I guess we've got to cover all the spectrums of things. Uh, guys, um, just before I go to our first call, I just want to get your thoughts on, um, I mean, like, how are you feeling after that? I mean, I guess we've got to share raw emotions, right? Another loss. You just sat there. You're just thinking, you know what? I don't know how to act anymore. You just want to switch it off and go to bed. He's <laughs> like, fuck off. I yeah, don't like you anymore. Well, yeah, it, it really does feel like that. Well, you know, it's temporary, right? That feeling of don't like you anymore. Clearly, you're not going to change clubs, or some people might. I don't know. Yeah, stranger things have happened. But um, you just, like you've said it, you kind of feel a bit numb. So when the goal goes in, you're like, oh, for fuck's sake. And 
that feeling of yep, you know what, with Liverpool, we're gonna fight back, we'll get another we you know, we'll equalise, you scored one, we'll score two, we'll score three. You used to then go, Oh shit, they scored one, don't let them score two. You know, that's that's a seismic change in respect to mentality. And then as you're watching it unfold, you 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 get ex- you have a little bit of hope. A little bit. I wouldn't say a lot. You have a little bit of hope. These glimmers of hope start kicking in. Like, oh, look, if we just do this, if we just do this, if we just do this, um, something may happen. But that doesn't happen. And then that even hope dwindles and fades. And then you're like, just left thinking, somehow get a draw. You know what? Just get a draw. If you can't win, get a draw. And this is very, 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 very much like Brendan's first in, um, season. So it's a bit like 11, um, 12, 13. Yeah, yeah that kind of feeling of whereby at times we're okay and we're good. And, we're, and then, you know, like, things are going badly. And then you're like, okay, all right, look, don't lose, just get a draw. If you're losing, all right, can't get the draw, fuck, okay. Next one, we'll go again, kind of thing. Um, that's how it feels. It, it really does. It just rinse, repeat, and fade, let it fade away. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. And Dave, I'll I'll get your thoughts on this as well. I mean, how do you feel after this? Yeah, it's just Groundhog Day again, isn't it? It's yeah. just the same as the last few months. And it's all so predictable. And this feels more to me like Hodgson seasons. Uh, season. It feels like as soon as that goal goes in, we're fucked. I actually don't feel like we're going to come back. And the team look beat. And, I, I, you know, you've got to hold your hands up sometimes when you called it wrong. I mean, when we beat Palace 7-0, I, I, that was it. That was the shackles off for me. And I was saying that, you know, Klopp has built a culture within the club. So you're, you're going to hit, you know, bumps in the road. But the culture within the club takes everyone forward. And it seemed... That, you know, despite all the injuries, the fatigue that the players had, we were always prepared to, you know, just through bloody mindedness, do what it took to actually get a result. Now we've gone completely 180 the other way, where it doesn't matter how much we huff and we puff. We almost look beat as soon as the first whistle goes, you know, and every decision that goes against us seems to, you know, be an extra weight upon us. a lot of the players are out of form. Uh, and I say the players, I think the manager's out of form at the minute. Some of the decisions that he's making are, are just baffling. Um, so, yeah, it's it's not a great time. And honestly, I've never known a drop-off like this. I've watched Liverpool for like about 35 years and I've not seen such a, a an A-class team drop off to this which, which let's face it last couple of months we've been relegation form that that's what we've been and I, I i don't really have any answers you know other than you know obviously we've been decimated by injuries which never helps but we've failed to adapt to those injuries as well which is the frustrating thing it's, it's deeply frustrating. And you know what? Um, we've got some callers here who just want to talk, just want to vent. So I'm going to go to our first caller. He's been waiting patiently and they're across the pond. And, you know, but, um, uh, 
I have so much respect for any overseas fans who 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 stay gets up at ridiculous hours and um uh, stays up till ridiculous hours just to watch the Reds, you know, and especially this season as well. It's not been easy. So I'm gonna go to Chris Singh first. Um hi Chris. And it would help if I took you off mute. Sorry about that, Chris. That was me being a power freak there. I had you on mute. <laughs> hey, Nina. Can you, hey, Baji. Hey, Dave. Can you guys hear me? Clear? We can hear you perfectly. Yeah, yes. fine, mate. All right. So how about that game? Five in a row. I don't think we've ever that's ever happened to us in our history until tonight. Um, super frustrated. I'm at the point where... A couple months ago, like if we would lose, I'd just lose my shit. Be like, we're Liverpool. We're not supposed to be losing. We're the champions. You know, we have enough star caliber players, but it's not getting to the point. I don't know if it's you guys. This kind of happened to me towards the end of, of Rogers tenure. And it's like you have no expectations, but you're still let down. Um, I, I think I'm at that point right now. Um, yeah, I'm going to keep oh, watching but, 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 but do you not see, I mean, just to kind of cut you off there, but do you not see a light at the end of the tunnel, whereas you know that the players that gave you so much joy, some of them are actually missing? Like, in the sense that the Brendan Rodgers team, it was kind of really, really disjointed, and, you know, he was kind of playing them out of position, and, you know, to some degree had players that were at the calibre of winning things. As for the players that you're yearning for have actually won a league title and won a Champions League, so that's why I will not compare it to that season. Oh, definitely. I meant like the way I was. Oh, feeling. the emotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. Um, but I've got hope. I've got hope, though, and I'm sure you have as well. Like, oh, definitely. Back, I mean, yeah. the positives are that Jota is back fit now. Kata's on the bench. Uh, we got Shaq, Origi, forever the hell he's worth. Um, and you know we got Big Verge, Joe Gomez, and Matip coming back next season. I don't know about Matip; he might be out the door. Um, you never know. But Big Verge coming back—it's to me. I I know we've had a ton of injuries. I know we can't keep talking about the Van Dyke injury; it, it gets old. But to me, he is that mentality monster in our team. Him and Henderson. To me, those are our two big mentality monster giants. I know you have like, you know, Sadio and, and Sala who are like, no, they don't take shit from anyone and they're going to try to do their best. Um, they're resilient, but I think, I think our team is just mentally exhausted and. Anyone that works out or does like any type of sport or anything like that, I'm sure they can attest to this. There are some times where like you're you you want to do it, but you just can't. Like you're just mentally drained, you're physically drained. That's something I noticed with our uh, our time on the pitch today. Uh, we played with no urgency whatsoever that you would see in the past. Mm. I, I get it. We have a makeshift defense, but it's it's not the the defense that has to score. It's our attackers that have to score. And I think that now that maybe that Jota is fit, we could see a formation change possibly. See some changes in the midfield potentially with uh you know throw Kate play a double pivot, throw Kata in on there with Genie or or Shaq or something something to shake it up because you can't we can't keep doing this. 
every, like you guys said earlier, like as soon as that goal went in, my heart sank. I was like, okay, um, I, I hope we get a draw, but I don't expect us to score here as bad as that sound with like, we have arguably one of the best attacks in Europe in our front three, but you just don't know where the goal is going to come from. And it's like, we're playing the goddamn Liverpool cha-cha slide. We pass right, pass left, pass it back. Now y'all that's, that's like what literally goes into my head. As soon as we get exactly, as soon as we get to the opposition box, there are so many times we get to that damn opposition box. And instead of, taking a one-time touch, trying to take a player on, which we know Sadio can skin people when he really wants to do that, take a foul or something, we pass it back. It eventually goes all the way back to the center backs. It goes back to Ali. We recycle the ball, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. And it's just, I don't know. But do you guys think we would see our formation change or something some change some mix up in the front three because at this point i would drop uh bobby and mane for this weekend and put Shaq and jota in and see if there's some sort of spark and i would give tiago a rest because um i'm not saying like tiago's bad or shit or anything i love him as soon as he signed i bought his kit but he is not a workhorse midfielder he is that luxury luxury lock picker and to expect him to do what he's doing on the pitch right now that we would expect Henderson and, and Jeannie to do it, it, it doesn't make any sense. And, and our subs tonight, like this game was screaming for Nabby and Jota. Jota came on. Nabby should have came on. I'm okay with the Milner sub coming on late. Cause that's what Klopp kind of tends to do when Milner's on the bench. But to me, Oxley Chamberlain has not been the same since that Roma injury. He literally offers nothing this season. I, I know last season he was like our fourth highest scorer, but I, I don't know at this point. When he comes on the pitch, I don't expect anything from him. But that's my little rant and question, and this is therapeutic. I appreciate it. <laughs> You're on mute, Nina, if you're talking. I think Nina's gone to Mars. Well, if she's going to stay on mute, I, I'll chip in. So, so I see that. I think I, I was on with... mute. I'm so sorry, and I gave oh. like such an inspirational Coach Carter esque speech. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. We know. We know. We know. <laughs> but it was gold. <laughs> it really was. It was so good. I've actually forgot what I was going to say. No, um, I, I, you know what, Chris? Thank you so much for calling, and I'm glad you find it therapeutic. We do as well. It's just good to get things off your chest and get closure from it. But you know, one thing I will say to you is, and this is how I'm dealing with it. And if it helps anyone, you know, I hope it can help. You know, um, just treat this season as a freak and a bit of a write-off. You know, like we're going through some strange times in real life and. On, on the football pitch as well. Freaky things are happening. And I think what you need to do is kind of just think of it as there is, there is going to be light at the end of the tunnel. Um, these games have come so thick and so fast for this team, for the players. 
they're physically exhausted and mentally. I think we're mentally exhausted watching them as well, watching the same thing over and over again. So the quicker the season's done, the better it's going to be. I know we've got the Euros coming and that's just going to be another challenge in itself. But I think we just need a little time away because we've not even had a pre-season as well. Yeah, I think Chris raises some really good points, though. I mean, I've noticed this a few times now in the games. This last couple of months, we've had players on the bench that never get played. And you're thinking, well, the game's crying out for that player. Why not bring him on? To not bring on Naby tonight, it seemed to me that he wasn't fit and he was never going to come on or else he'd have come on. He was the perfect player. He was the one player who I was looking to for a bit of hope to kind of change things around. And so I, I can only conclude that he can't have been fit there. I, th- I think the other thing I'd say, though, one of the frustrating things of this last couple of months is just the stubbornness to not change at all. So with playing this really high line, it's great if you've got Van Dyke and Gomez at the back. And with um, Trent and Robbo either side, you know, you've got so much pace at the back, you can deal with balls over the top. With Werner up, up front last night, it was so obvious the game plan was going to be to hit us over the top. And I'm surprised the game has finished 1-0. In all probability, I think we should have lost by more. And I don't see, well, I kind of do get it. I, I The thing is, when, when you're coaching, I've, I've only coached at a very, very low level, but you're working on things for weeks and weeks and months. You're working on the way you play and you're building up that that pattern of play. So at an elite level, I can only imagine that's that's even more. You can't just switch completely from, you know, a, a way of playing to something completely different. So even though, you know, I'm getting frustrated because it feels like stubbornness to, to change, I because it's gone on for like two months now. I'm sure we could have done something about it by then. But no, I, I just think I can't see them changing something so quickly. But, you know, some something's got to change. And, um, you know, it's not, it's not obvious because it does look like a complete confidence thing. It just looks like everyone's sapped completely. And as Chris says that they're beat before they walk on the pitch. Um, you know. Ball goes towards Ginny. Doesn't move. Doesn't move. You're like, bro, you just need to move two yards. Like that's saying, get the ball, go off the other side. And it makes Chelsea feel as if they've got an attack that they can make. And it's in our final third. And you're like thinking, you know what? We're 1 0 down. There's 20 minutes to go. You know, don't give up here. This is not the time to give up. But invariably, and that's really hard to watch. It really is, because it's very, very painful to me. 
The other thing around systems, ages ago, God bless his soul, um, he's not a more guy. Do you remember Campbell? Yes, yeah. I do. Goalkeeping. Yeah. Um, uh, no, it, it wasn't a goalkeeper. He used to be a youth coach for West Brom. That's it. That's in the it. Premier League. Um, and also a scout for them and other um, Premier League teams. Um, and unfortunately, he passed away a couple of years ago now. I did but not know that. Yeah, yeah, no, like, it's been a few years now. Oh, um, but I remember we had him on a Desi pod and we asked this very question. Like, if you're a team used to playing one way and you need to change the way that you play and systems, how long does it take from translating to the, from the training grounds onto the pitch? And he goes, it takes almost forever because you need time to perfect the system that you're changing to. And also you need that time to be able to do that perfection and then let it translate to the pitch slowly but surely. You can't do it at once. The problem is we haven't got the time. You haven't got the time. Matches coming thick and fast. How much can you theoretically change and let it see in a practical nature upon the pitch? It takes time. The flip side of that, though, was Xabi Alonso. And the reason I mentioned Xabi is because ages ago there was an interview with him. And they said, what is Bayern Munich's system? How does Bayern Munich change? How do you play when you're placing a lower league team or you know, someone at the bottom of the Bundesliga versus someone at the top? And he goes, what makes you think we only train one system? What makes you think we only play one way? We're designed and adaptable and made to feel and made to play to adapt to different things at different times in different manners so that no matter what happens on the pitch or no matter how the other team is playing, we change. We don't just sit there and go, okay, you know what, that's the way we play, 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 that's the way we play. Because if you do that, that's all you'll ever do and you become predictable. Are we predictable? Yes. This season, the most 100% we are. I'd, I'd argue the toss with anybody to say that we're not. You can tell what Liverpool are going to do as soon as they get the ball. As soon as they get past the halfway line, you kind of are going to start going wide, 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 wide. Okay. And don't you think the opposition are watching the same thing we are? Don't you think their analysts who paid better money than we would be to analyse a football match would be seeing the same things and going, hey, you know what, just do this. And how many teams, if they're a good team, structure themselves to nullify ourselves. Plenty of them. They're coming to Anfield and nullifying us. When we win, it's great. It feels awesome because we beat the Moisaya at West Ham away and then we also beat Sheffield United. But when we beat the Moisaya, we played Liverpool away to score the goal. You know, the three goals, four goals that we scored against them was awesome because of the way that we were pushing the ball around, the way that we moved, the way that we countered. Everything seemed quite vintage, but it was vintage for just that second half. Because we've not seen that again. It just disappeared into the ether somewhere. Fuck knows where it's gone. God knows when it's coming back. That's really painful. Mm. Yeah. Especially against... And, and when you lose to Chelsea, of all teams to bloody lose to... Uh, and Tuchel, with the bodies buried under the patio, just like you do, Beth Jordash. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and to be fair, you know what? There hasn't been bed- bo- buried, bodies buried in Cobham for quite some time. The last time it happened was about five roads away with that bloke who put people in the dustbin. So yeah, I'm sure the cops are coming back just to go look at Tuchel's road and see what's happened. Um, but we digress. 
coming back to the match and the way that we play football, you can almost predict what's going to happen and the way Liverpool are going to be. And because we seem so predictable, it seems to be predictable that we are going to feel a certain way during a football match. Day school, we all sit there and go, oh, fuck it, do you know, we ain't getting a goal back here because we've gone behind. And if we're feeling that watching the match, what do you think's happening on the pitch? Why would it be any different? We want it to be different, but why would it be? Because it keeps on happening again and again. They're all just feeling the same. They're all numb by it now. Um, I don't know how they get out of that funk. I really don't. Because things are now coming through thick and fast. But forgetting the results, do you not think the the predictableness comes from that slow build-up? It, yeah, completely. Every, every team has, has watched us for the last few years and thought, right, you bastards, you've killed us with this pressing game. So as soon as you get the ball, okay, we'll press you, you know, when it's in, when it's right near Allison, we'll, we'll press you and maybe you'll make a mistake there. But if you break that press, right, we're all going to retreat into our half and then we get this ponderous build-up play and it moves from left to right, from right to left. And there's no space at all because uh, everyone is camped back in their own half. And then at some point, because we're building up in such a slow, ponderous way, someone's going to get, you know, a foot in or something, and then they break with purpose. And it's that breaking with purpose. We, We don't do that anymore. We just, you know, we get the ball, and even if, you know, someone goes on a run, then everyone's a bit slow to catch up with them, and then... You could could rewind a month to Brighton at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's the pain. The pain is Brighton at home. You look at how Brighton played against us, and it would have been it should have been us playing like that against Brighton, not the other way around. And Brighton at home exposed lots of things for us. Yeah, it brought it all home, brought it home to reality. The players that were missing, the people that would normally do the things that mm. would stop those things from occurring in the first place, all of that was out the window. Yeah, and in that pain, where do you go and find the solace now? Because I don't know anymore. I think that's what's caused the numbing. You know, the, the, the acceptance almost of knowing that because of personnel and because of where we are and how things are, that should something negative happen in the match towards us, there is no positive to follow. So you just go, oh, okay, you know, this is how it's going to be. All right, okay. We'll watch, yeah. just in case. we'll watch just in case something happens. But yeah, this is probably not going to happen. No problems. Okay. Smile. Smile for the camera, everybody. Cheese. Okay, with a big happy face, and let's hope it's all okay next time. And you know what's going to happen next? The other predictability is that you know we're going to have the social media posts coming out. You know the fluff, <laughs> the fluff of, of something from yeah. Van Dyke or Joe Gomez, coupled with Virginia Van Adam or somebody else going. You know what? We know this is not good enough. We know it's really bad. We know we're going to fight, and we'll keep on fighting to fix it. And, so on. and we believe you. Uh, of course we do. We believe everybody that says that for the Liverpool Football Club. I believe them anyway. But mm. it's not happening. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't, I'm not saying this to be nasty. I'm not saying this to be rude. I'm not saying this because I, I wish to be disparaging of Liverpool or Liverpool Football Club in any way, shape or form, or even their players. But by God, you know what? You keep saying it. It's not happening, though. And every time you say it and it doesn't happen, that little bit of belief and hope starts dwindling a bit more and a bit more and a bit more to the point whereby you could keep on saying it. Someone somewhere along the way is going to stop believing you. Yeah, just talk on the pitch. Um, Chris, thank you so much for your question and your points. I really appreciate them and the really, really good talking points. If you could just put your Twitter handle in, in the chat box as well for us. 
Uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And one last point. Um, if we don't get Champions League football, I'm worried that Salah's going to leave because clearly he's our main goal scorer right now. And who do you bring in like for like to replace what he does? I'll make it really sure. simple for you, Chris. You know what? I'll nail it. If that's, if that's what happens, then that's... Fuck it. Do you know what? That's what happens. Yeah. All right. See you later. If that's Agreed. all it took, if it, that's how rattled you are internally, Mo Salah or his agent, who seems to be a bit of a fuck on Twitter today, I've not seen what's happened, but I've just had messages coming in while I've been on this pod. So, fuck off, Rabbi, 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 Rabbi. I can't even say his name properly. But just, why? It's pointless. It's a nonsense fucking thing to do. Um, if, if that's what it, he feels, okay, why would you want someone who is less than committed? Yeah, that that's a good point. You I just want to get champions league. <laughs> yeah, it will filter through, and you'll only build resentment a lot of, because of it. And the reason why that resentment will continually build is because you sit there and go, "Well, every time something bad happens on the pitch, people will go back to, well, he didn't really want to be here. He was making moves, he was making murmurs, and stuff.' It's a Luis Suarez period all over again. You know, like, oh yeah, shit, maybe he just wants to go. He doesn't want to be. Nobody needs that. Yeah, it's the head fuck that nobody needs. The team doesn't need it. I don't need it. I don't think people outside in the world need it. But hey, uh, I can't speak for everybody else. But that's my thinking. Yeah, yeah. and I also think as well, just to, um, to quickly end this and we'll, we'll go to our next call. I also believe as well, he's won things. This team has won things. And if you can't see that, hang on a minute, we've just had a bad season, then you lack patience. And also what you need to remember is this is a guy who had a bit of a dip in form with Chelsea. His stock was high. He went to Chelsea and then he was regarded as a flop but he had to kind of start his way all over again. So for me, this would be short-sightedness. And also from Liverpool, where does he go? Who's going to buy him? You know, is he going to go to Barcelona? Is he going to go to Real Madrid? Where is he going to go? I think the team just have a massive meeting and I think they'll all kind of realise that, hang on a minute, this was a blip of a season. But if he wants to, if he wants to go and he wants to kick his legs that way, which I doubt, then I I fully believe in 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 Mike Edwards to and 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 the and the scouts to find the right person and the solution because he will go for big money. It's a no brainer. Yeah, you know if, he will go for big money. If they can exactly, exactly this as well, if somebody can afford him. So you know what, I, you know, I think everything is still, the ball is pretty much in Liverpool's court in, in all aspects. So I won't really stress about that. And I can't really see him doing it as well, but we, we shall see. Um, thank you so much for calling, Chris. All right. Thanks, everyone. Have a good night. You Cheers, too, Chris. my friend. Take care. Bye. So that was Chris Sig, our first caller. Let's see if my second caller is still there waiting patiently. Yes, he is. Justin Wells. Come on, sir. How are you guys doing? I'm trying to clear my head by going through a, for a walk with the dog through Central Park. But I'm uh, pretty irate with the manager at the moment. Um, I just don't know what it is where he is seemingly opposed at the moment to playing to any of the midfielder's strength. Um, I know that we don't have a holding midfielder unless you move Fabinho back there, which seems to be an impossibility with Matt Phillips hurt today and Ben Davies unavailable. But... You have to start doing things to just change, get players into better positions to do things. Tiago is a defensive midfielder, and Ginny is a defensive midfielder. It's been figured out. It's not working. It doesn't suit either of them. It pulls Bobby completely out of play. And Sadio Mane is, you know, is our main outlet at this exact moment to, or to try to get on the end of things. It just, it, everything's just playing all wrong, and it just feels like Pop is uh, 
narrowing the players he trusts too much to the point where our most progressive substitution possible is James Milner in the 60th minute of pretty much every single game where he's healthy. Like, does anybody else just feel that Klopp has kind of lost the plot a little bit? It's really hard with Jurgen Klopp right now. He's going through stuff that I think a lot of us probably can't even imagine. Oh, oh no, he absolutely is. And I'm, I'm not trying to say that, like, this is to say that, like, you know, we should sack Jurgen Klopp because mm. we absolutely fucking shouldn't. I agree. But at the same time, at the same time, he's human. He's he's you know, he's gonna make mistakes, and he's making he's making the same mistakes over and over again. I mean, yeah. He, you know what? Just... Though, you know what? For me, I will agree with you on one thing, Justin. His substitutions have been batshit crazy today, and I think we have to, you know, kind of go there and kind of talk about that. You know, you're in a, you're only losing one nil, and Dave, I'll come to you. For a minute. I'll, I'll, I'll come to Dave first on this one. You're one nil down. You've got an ace in terms of Jota. You've got two forward players who are not on their game today. And you take off the better one. Why not have two strong assets on that pitch? Why not play four forwards? Yeah, or play four forwards, yeah. You're losing the game anyway. The worst that'll happen is you'll lose it 3-0, but you're already losing. The the only way I can rationalise this is if he's already planned before the game, Mm. that he's already planned to make those substitutions. And it's based it's not based on performance on the pitch. And again, that's sometimes what coaches do. They'll they'll plan out when they'll make their substitutions and whatever. Because no one watching that game could have thought, right, it's a good decision to take off uh, Mo Salah instead of Sadio Mane. No one. I, I, I'm not having it. So it must have been planned out before. Um, obviously, Mo was really disappointed. And for as shit as we've been, right, you can't lay any of that at Mo Salah. I know he's not been at his scintillating best this year, but he's, he's still not been bad. Still I have a quote here from Klopp on Mo Salah from uh, James oh, yeah? Pierce's Twitter account. Klopp on the decision to take off Salah. The reason for the sub was that at that moment, Mo looked like he was feeling the intensity and I didn't want to risk him. Well, given how many, so that, so that sounds like a psychological thing, doesn't it? That sounds like in a lot of our play, it seems very safe at the moment, and I think I, I blame that psychological need to be safe on this slow, ponderous build-up play, and I think it's affecting Klopp as well. Given the amount of injuries that we've had, it's probably not that you know you can probably understand because. Obviously, if if Salah goes down and then he's out for the season, you're like, oh, for fuck's sake, can anything else go wrong? But, um, I I mean, they're obviously seeing stuff. We're only following the camera, aren't we? So when you're in the ground, when you're down at pitch level, you're seeing a lot more. So, again, I'm going to take Klopp's word for that. It, It just, watching it on the TV, it seemed very strange because you know that Salah... When he's on the pitch, he's always a threat. He doesn't have to be playing well. He just gets in the right positions, and yeah, he misses some chances, but he's always a threat when he's on the pitch. 
and actually might be a bit of a, a an odd reach this one this reminded me way way back in the uh i think it was it 90 or 92 or something. i think it was 92 or something like that graham taylor taking off gary lineker who you know was always a threat for england when he was playing up front and he brought on alan fucking smith for gary lineker when he needed a goal it was that batshit crazy to me to make that substitution tonight and and i must admit i had my head in my hands i'm just like what the fuck is going on so yeah okay he thinks he might get injured clearly you can see from mo's reaction he didn't think so but sometimes players also don't know what's best for them so mo has come out of this game without an injury so there you go i've i've convinced myself to be positive about that substitution and to you harinda I don't know. I feel bad for you, Justin, man, because you don't expect this, right? Like, you go, you watch a match, expecting the best. Shit happens and it gets even shitter when you then all of a sudden are walking with your dog through Central Park because you've got nothing else to think about apart from the match. Yeah, dog will go and do his business. Um, sorry, her business in this case. And everything around you while you're thinking, and also when you're on this call, you're thinking about the match. See, so that time to switch off post-match, it's going to take a little bit longer. Um, in regards to Mo Salah and Kim coming off, do you know what? This might not be the same opinion as everybody else. I'm okay. I'll own my opinion on this. Sorry, own my opinion on this. I thought, okay, you know what? If you're going to change play, and if you think that Chelsea are reading everything you're going to do, do the unpredictable thing. And the unpredictable thing was that you're going to take Mo Salah off. So I didn't really see much of an issue of it. Well, obviously Mo Salah did. I didn't see the same problem. Um, we were looking disjointed prior. We looked less disjointed afterwards. I don't think that was solely down to the fact that Mo Salah had been substituted. I think it was more to the fact that Jodra had come on and was lively and sparky and therefore made spaces or um, became more of an option for people to pass to. So you could take any one of them off. But in regards to why specifically Mo Salah, and the quote about intensity, I'm not sure I completely get it. If it was a physical intensity thing or a mental intensity thing, but either well, Scott Chandler having there. Scott Chandler in the chat box here has put a tweet in from Matt Critchley. I think he used to work at LFC TV many many years ago. Salah not happy at being taken off, shaking his head as he walked to the bench. But five minutes ago, Klopp was screaming at him to track back and help out defensively. He was a long way off. Bit of a half-hearted jog. Klopp turned to Linda's almost straight away, and they discussed replacing him. And then Scott just said, um, saying he was concerned for Moore's health is a way of maybe avoiding for further controversy in public. And you know, he um, this is um, Scott, by the way, and we don't know how accurate or true that statement is as well. Okay, I got a lot of time for Matt Critchley. Mm. Keep in mind also though that. You have to keep in mind that football managers are notorious for being pathological liars at times. So, because <laughs> so, I mean, it comes with the profession, it does. You have to cover. You have to cover it, don't you? Yeah, you do. Um, in regards to what Matt Critchley is saying, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and do you know why it makes a lot of sense? It takes me back to the time where Naby Keita got shouted at by Jurgen Klopp. Um, or so said, what's-his-face, 
Who's Ian Doyle? Ian Doyle of all people. Ian Doyle was going on about this way back when when Naby played against Torino. And what had actually happened was that he was shouting Albi Moreno as well because both of them had failed to track back Quilla in Torino through. I know this because I was sitting right behind the press box at the time. And I was at the match because there was a, um, an AFC fan forum meeting on the same day. So I was at the match. I saw what had happened. I, saw, I could hear Jürgen Klopp not only shout at Naby, but actually tear the living shit out of Albi Moreno too. Sorry, Guy Drinkle. I really don't mean any offence by that. Don't attack me. Don't come at my house at night time. Albi Moreno is great, I promise. Um, but yeah, so I kind of get that. Yeah, so someone there at the game, and they, they will hear more from Klopp than we will in regards to what's happened during the match. Um, intriguingly, is if anyone's here who listened to the non-crowd noise version, they may have heard something too in regards to what was coming from Klopp. So, yeah. But that's not Klopp, though, is it? Right, so for tracking back, Mo Salah isn't on the pitch for tracking back. No, hang on. Uh, with regards to tracking back, if you've got people coming down the wing and you need most to be actively defend a bit from the front as well, well I kind of get that because there should be some coverage in front of Trent and Co. Defending from the front, I get. I, but for me, it's it sort of a, a little data point to take that there's a bit of a change in mentality there. You know, this is not the heavy metal football that we've seen in the past. This is more you know, we're scared and it's from the top down. We're scared of getting beat now. Smooth rock. Smooth, smooth jazz. <laughs> no, smooth, smooth jazz. You know, you kind of know it's going to be mellow. Yeah. It's Guys, it's rock. elevator music. It's just <laughs> elevator music. It's fucking dire straits is what it is. <laughs> we could go into cliche land here quite quickly. Band names. <laughs> Status quo. Um, Sorry, <laughs> leaving bad uh, rock name rock names of the eighties out of it. Uh, yeah, it maybe is smooth jazz. I, I preferred smooth rock because it just gave it a bit of more of a a stronger kind of feel to it, rather than the Namby Pam being of smooth jazz, which just sits there and like as Justin Wall said, is elevator music. <laughs> <laughs> But unfortunately, like it's, the, it's 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 elevator music in a really shit department store. The jazz is very elaborate, but it, it goes nowhere. Is is my opinion of? Jazz. I tell you what, I was yeah, once it's on, because it's smooth. Right? I tell you what, normal was... jazz, yeah, it's nice and it's unpredictable, and people can free freestyle. Smooth jazz literally is elevator music. It's a CD you buy. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, nothing nothing beats the music on when you're on hold on a phone. Nothing. Do you know what? It depends who you're on hold with. Actually, you know it what? Really the best does. piece of music I heard actually a year ago was actually after we beat Man City twice, twice. Do you remember Pep Guardiola? It was the day after that, and I was on hold. I didn't mean to be on hold, but I had to ring up the Saudi embassy because I was going on a pilgrimage, and I was on I was on hold for two hours. And I kid you not, that music I can still hear it in my head. You know what? Sky, instead of putting the fake crowd noises on, should have its very own LFC uh, uh, channel for the minute, which has elevator music. So when we're in possession of the ball, 
you should just have that elevator elevator music playing. Or tumbleweed <laughs> just blowing across. <laughs> the tiny elephant dance. Oh gosh! Just getting there. Anything you want to add to all this? We just completely digressed. I just want to let this ambulance cast. No, I'm feeling. Uh, I mean, look, I feel better. I vented, but I just kind of wish that you know, a Liverpool player would uh, try to shoot the ball at some point in the next six weeks. It'd be a pleasant thing. On target yeah. as well. Yes, on Abs- target as well. Absolutely. Well, Justin, enjoy your walk. It doesn't fucking sound like he's enjoying it. It sounds like the police are after him. He's in Central Park. Oh, no, no. That, was a, that was an ambulance. It wasn't the police. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you don't hear that noise in New York, are you really in New York City? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you can <laughs> smell it. Can't you? you can smell that noise. That's how you Well, if it was a police siren, her window would have had something to say to me. Like, they're coming for you. If it was a police siren, we wouldn't hear anything from you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, this call has has ended abruptly. Nina Cows is currently unavailable to take your You call. know what? It would take the Nina Cows to show to a whole new level, wouldn't it? Been arrested live. No, seriously. <laughs> 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 a, a podcaster in my own right, in my own league uh, right there. You come here for the football, but really you go away with the jokes. You do, I do, I do. Okay, well, Justin, thank you so much. Um, we will move on to our third caller, if he's still around. Let me just check the chat box if he's still... Oh, no, he's disappeared, as Del. Oh, okay, Del's gone. Right, okay, guys, it's just us, us three now. Silver we'll... linings, silver linings. Oh, you know what I like, Del? I, I have a soft spot for Del, I'm not going to lie. Um, I have I a think... soft spot for Del until he started messing about with his avatars and putting on fake hair. Leave him alone. How do you know? It's not my fault he's bold. It's not my fault he's bold. Listen, Jurgen Klopp's had a hair transplant as well. And you know what? And Del hasn't. I'm telling you now. Del has not had a a hair transplant. Leave him alone. Okay. He's not here to defend himself. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to step up. I think I had a question from um, Hakeem actually. Um, uh, Let me find it. Question. Why do we watch football? (laughs) (laughs) Such yeah, so that's the question for Hakeem. Uh, you know what? We watch football because we want to believe. We have that small bit of hope that it won't be the same thing that happened before. That's why. And every single time we we find a place deep within ourselves to connect with that hope. And as we put the wires together, we realise we put the wires the wrong way around and it goes bang. There <laughs> you go. <laughs> that's why. Because we are self... Um, I wouldn't say self-harm ourselves here. You know, we just seem to be in a place whereby we just want to feel what it feels like when you prick yourself, but you prick yourself really hard and you're hoping that the jolt would either be something that leads to something good or invariably something bad. I don't know. You know what? Sometimes you do question why do you watch football um, because you put all your hopes into something that you cannot control the outcome of. Like if you think about it logically from a human perspective in regards to wanting a good outcome, if you put your hopes and you put everything into something that you cannot control the outcome of, surely that's a really stupid venture, right? If you genuinely, if you think about this, you know, why am I doing this? I can't change the outcome. Whereas if it's an effort that you're putting in, 
where the outcome can be driven by what you put in, then great, you know what, you, you stand a chance of success. You, you genuinely do, but here it's 50-50. You know, it could go your way. It might not go your way at all. Why would you do it? It's, I suppose it's the reason why football exists, so fans exist, right? You have that little bit of hope, you have that bit of dream. You think that something good can happen. And, and because it has happened, it's like a drug. You get addicted to it. Fabulous example, 2005 Istanbul, 3-0 halfway at halftime. Lots of people leave. They, they won't ever admit they left as well. They won't. They leave. We win. Three goals, second half, penalties. Everyone knows what happened, right? Similarly, Kiev, and then a year later, the semi-finals against Barcelona and the final itself. We were 3-0 down. We went away to Barcelona, the 3-0 down, came back with 1-4-3. Me and Gags both believing that, you know what, we'll get three goals and we'll take it to penalties. And Liverpool said, fuck off, we're going to get four goals, no yeah. penalties, go home happy earlier. <laughs> right, thank like you four. very much. Yeah. And then we go, you know, you don't know. It's that unknown that we all jump into for that escapism and belief and hope that for 90 minutes, some team in red is just going to go and do the business. And unfortunately, yeah. right now, it's not. But, but we'll do it all see. over again against Fulham. Yep, we believe that's it. It's the hope that'll kill you. And um, Dave, I'll come to you. Any anything you'd like to add? Why we watch football, or should we move on to the last question? I think we, we've all got this deep seated kind of tribalism within us. You know, we want this kind of us and them, and and we live it through sports. You know, so we just happen to be into football. Other people in, are into rugby. People who aren't into sports, maybe into, you know, other things. But, you know, I think it's it's something within us and, and we play it out by just giving up our own kind of actions to, to play it out in, you know, through these millionaires playing it out on the football pitch. Look, it, it feels shit right now. <laughs> the last few months have been horrendous. Considering where we've fallen from, it seemed inconceivable when we were here, like, you know, in December. Despite the injuries, even, we, we just seemed unbeatable and we've gone through this really shit period. But actually, you know, I think back to, like, when Hodgson was our manager. And for me, I never thought in my lifetime I'd see us win the league again because I just thought all of the teams that were above us were outspending us so they're always going to consistently be able to buy the better players so you have to outperform the transfer market consistently and we've we had done that we have done that for a number of years you know we we've hit the mark so many times with the players that we brought in um you know when i think back to someone like benitez when he was the manager you know, he'd buy 10 players and maybe six of them would really work out, but four of them he'd ship on, you know, maybe at a loss. So I think for this season, we just need it over. And actually, you know, if we're going to fail to hit the top four, then brilliant. Let's finish mid-table because I don't want to play the fucking Europa Cup. Here, so that, here. for me, is a positive, <laughs> you know. I don't want to finish mid-table, but... I, I also think, you know, it causes the the board to really look and say, actually, you know what, maybe we do have to invest. We thought we were at the top and we, we'd we be here for a few years. So for me, it has to be that mindset because, you know, why did we buy two very cheap uh, 
players right on the last day of the transfer window in January when the squad were desperate for help. So, you know, maybe it gives them a rocket up their arse as well. So, And I'm hopeful of that. So for me, it's shit right now. I need this season to be over because I don't see any spark from the players. I, I, I must admit, for about two minutes after Jota came on, I thought... Straight away, he looks more dangerous. So, you know, there is hope and we'll just need to bring on uh, Naby and then, you know, we'll be sweet again. And he'll give that as inje- an injection. But for me, he was put on the bench without actually being fit. He was never going to come on tonight. So let's get this season out of the way. But this we're still not in the depths of despair than we were when we were under Hodgson. I still think we've got a lot of good players. They're on their knees. They're drained mentally and physically um but we just need to support them through to the end of the season and then see where we land so when you say that about dave it gets a bit kenny last season doesn't it yeah i don't like when you are going with this i thought you two were gonna pick me up you're depressing me you know what this season's a we did pick you up did we not laugh at you about being arrested no, but like, I don't like this. I don't like this comparing it to a manager's last season. I mean, for no, I thought that was optimistic. I thought I was just saying, get this season out of the way and then we'll be back next season. No, but when, with Hodgson, though, I'm not even going to lie. Oh. I, I, it was like, it, it was, it was like pulling your teeth out. You mean like it was that? actually a worse feeling. But, it was but really, have... really bad because what you had, you knew that he had the charisma of a cauliflower. I think you're being uh, discriminatory against cauliflowers. <laughs> I actually do like cauliflower. Listen, to be fair. <laughs> cauliflower, aka gobi, is a much utilised vegetable. It's amazing. I had cauliflower steak the other day. It's yum, more yum. useful than Roy Hudson. No, but his facial features look like a cauliflower, you know, all fluffy and shit. I can't say I look at old men in the same way that you do. This is true. <laughs> Stop bringing that up. Seriously, stop. <laughs> Corbin. Awesome blender too, actually. <laughs> Putting that out there. Oh, dearie me. Just putting that out there. You, you did make me laugh. No, you know what? I, I see what you're saying, but I just... I think, like, what Dave just said there, you know what, just get this season done and dusted. That's how I'm treating it. Just get it done. Fourth or nothing. And it looks highly unlikely we'll get fourth now. No, you know what? I can't say that it looks highly unlikely because the gap is, what, five points? Four points, five points between us and fourth place currently? Okay. Yeah. It's still, but this is the thing, is that it's, it's that kind of degree of ridiculousness in respect to the league that that's where the positioning is right now. There's 11 games to go, 33 points to play. Um, and the problem is is that the run that we need, we haven't started. Every time we think we will pick up something, we get, you know, climb the ladder a little bit, only to go down two rungs, climb a bit more, go down another two rungs. And other teams are doing the same. And today was a great day to have capitalised on the results of other teams around us to just leapfrog them and go, oh, you know, here's fourth. And we would have been pigeonholed into there on, on goals scored, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but that's not happening, you know. And I think that's where the real pain is in all this circle: is that you look at the table, and unfortunately, the table dictates 
many, many things. And you're like going, all right, look. Fourth, you know what? If something happens, well, Leicester seem to be in their own self-destruct as well, like us. You know, you could even get third. And then people start saying something like, oh, yeah, you know, you could even get second. And you're like, yeah, you could. But hey, you know, it's probably not going to happen. And we keep yeah. on making it not happen. It's, it's us. And I think that's the real pain, is that you see the self-destruct. Uh, and today, I and mean, we're not even discuss Mason Mount's goal. That's how bad, that's how brilliant this pod has been. We've not really had to talk about the shit that happened on the pitch that led to Mason Mount's goal. A ball over, a ball over the defence. Defence continues to play a high line. I don't, don't think we need to discuss it. But you know what? It's not just that. It's the space he's afforded, right, to be able to... Yeah. Because if that's us, what happens? Straight away, panic stations, defenders will be 4-1 against that ball. We? Hi. Hey, Mason. How you doing, man? You all right? Oh, look, there's a bit of space over here. Damn, you've scored. What a pity. <laughs> But what I don't understand about that is, even at the lowest level, when you play football, if if you're playing in in a defensive position, you figure out very quickly, even if you don't know who you're playing, right, within the first few touches of the ball, you figure out someone's got a a stronger foot and, and, and a weaker foot. Even if, you know, even if you don't figure that out, you tend to want to get them away from your goal. So show them down the outside. So position your body so that you're showing them, go down the wing. And then if you get your crossing, okay, you get your crossing. But then I'm relying on the people behind me to to kind of head it away. I know that if you've got the protection of your midfielders, there, there sometimes is a benefit to showing people inside because you're running them right into the midfield. But when you're when you're defending with a few number with few numbers, then for me you always shepherd them down the wing, and I I just felt I mean I, Fabinho before you know this season he's probably been one of our best players you know before he's been hit by all the injuries he was clearly off the pace tonight but I I thought it was a pretty bad decision to show him inside and then he didn't get anywhere near him. So for me, they they were lauding oh this great young English player, great goal and all that. But he had so much time and space. As soon as he cut inside, he had time and space to just pick his spot, and so mm. it was easy for him. No, I agree. Um, uh, I think was Nat Phillips injured? Because I tell you what, would yeah. have been real help. Would have been Fabinho in. in 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 midfield because I tell you what the 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 ball of the top the lofty ball doesn't happen with him there, you know. Um, it, it we we become better in in a system. So for me, I just I just need a centre back to be with Quebec. I I was seething when the team came out because I was like, oh for fuck's sake, you bring back Fab and and you put him in defence. Where's Phillips? And and when I looked at the bench, he wasn't there. So I'm. He must have been injured. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the only logical thing that actually yeah. that you can maybe um conclude you know conclude to there, guys. We've come to the end of the pod, and I have to say a massive thank you to um both Justin and Chris for calling in. A massive thank you to both Harinda and Dave. Before I let them go, I will get some plugs. Uh, Harinda, 
I'll come to you first. Where can people find you on Twitter and what would you like to share? Oh, you can find me on Twitter at Harinda1977. What would I like to share? My Twitter account might not be all football. Be prepared for that. If you don't like it, it's not a problem. It's not, if it's not your cup of tea, not a problem. I don't really care. <laughs> that's, what, that's the only thing I can say. And that's not like, your problem either. <laughs> that's not my problem either. Yeah, that's not my problem. Um, but I'm going to say it. So there you go. You have all been warned. Um, in, in regards to plugs, Do you know what? After everything and anything else, you just want to plug AI, right? Yeah, if things ain't great, things ain't fantastic. Sometimes things can be a bit shitty out there, but at least there's a community in here and you can kind of disagree with people and move on rather than the more toxic way of disagreeing, which happens over on Twitter and lots of spats and everything else. And then tribalism kicks in with other people and they get involved in other people's spats. I kind of, at least that shit doesn't happen within AI so much, you know? So, you know what? There you go. Big up Anfield Index and AI Pro. You can be different, you can disagree, you can hate opinion, but it's opinion and it moves on, which is the great thing. It doesn't fester and leave in a bad smell. So, it'll leave a bad smell. So, you need to then go and breeze out. Yeah, please do join our Discord group community. It's awesome. It's, you know, a really, really calm atmosphere and what about you dave where can people find you on twitter and um anything you'd like to plug so you can get me on twitter at raging base uk uh seems fairly apt right now i was saying in the last show wasn't i, I was thinking of changing it but but it seems apt right now um anfield index look out for the where we once watched um episode so we put one out so far so this is where we go back and we look at a match in real time um, it was one of the great matches from Liverpool. I've actually got episode two in the bag. I was holding off sending it out, but you know what? I think we need a bit of a pick-me-up. So, Nina, I'll probably fire that across to you tomorrow, maybe, um, where we tackle a, a Man United game at Anfield. And uh, it doesn't go badly. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, you can also get me at Comics in Motion podcast. And tomorrow is Division. It's the finale for Division, So, um Pretty excited for that. And then Sunday I'll be releasing an episode on thoughts and how that all went. Wonderful. I will be watching that. Um, I'm going to watch it all together. I'm going to binge watch it. So I will hold on for your show. And yeah, drop me a message and we can get that released because it is up and running now where we once watched. So please do listen to the latest episodes. For my part, I just want to thank everyone that joined us live. There's a lot of you joining us live today. And I just want to thank you all. And, you know, I hope you do feel better after this. And also um, our good friend Justin um, just kind of said as a plug as well, and it's something that he's really passionate about and I think we should all be really passionate about is if you can, please help your local food banks. There's so many people in hardship right now who are really, really struggling to feed their families and make ends meet. And, you know, if you can help in any capacity, you it'll mean the world. And, you know, just to be in service of people is probably... I think the greatest gift that you can, you know, offer to anyone, you know, and it's just such a feel good feeling. So if you could help at a food bank, and I know it might be hard to make physical donations, um, you can donate money as well. So, you know, whatever you can do, whatever you can give, I think that, you know, that would feed the soul and it might make you feel better about the football as well. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, <laughs> I want to say I hope you enjoyed that show. You probably didn't, but thank you anyway for sticking around. Fulham's up next. Here's hoping uh, for a better, more positive result. Till next time, take care, stay safe, 
and up the reds. Podcast Network.